Welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. It's a time I want to encourage you this morning with a very short word because whenever we think about, whenever you walk out of here and the kids aren't singing and everything else and we get into the, and we look at what Christmas is about, I want to remind you this morning that there are truths that are hidden in this whole story and last week I was, t- that, that are there to encourage us. I want to give you one uh, other one this morning. Last week I was talking about the space between when it feels like God is silent and absent from your life. And that's what happened before the Christmas story. There was this big period of time, over 400 years, where it looked like God wasn't doing anything, but actually he was setting up the scene for him to step into our world. And, and Christmas is about that. It's, Christmas is about God is not absent from your life. Wherever you're at this morning, wherever you, whatever you think of God or not, he loves you dearly. And Christmas reminds us that he stepped into darkness to bring us life and to bring us hope and to bring us love. And so that's what Christmas is about. And, you know, it's funny, though, when something, we can lose the familiarity, through familiarity, we can lose the power of something. And so I want to, I want to just help you with one little thing today, because there's something, you know, that, that is so very familiar, and we've even sung it this morning. And it's this word that we see on Christmas cards and everything else, and it's Emmanuel, all right? Emmanuel. And many of us will know God with us, but I want to show you just a little bit this morning to encourage you it just in a, in, in a very short time what that means for you. Because if there are little things that you can remember through this Christmas period where, you know, we would like to think for most people Christmas is a great time. It is a time of hope. It's a time of everything. But there are those of us as well who not just struggle around this time, but when we think about into 2023 and what that's going to be like, we can have a lack of hope. But I want to encourage you this morning with this one little word, Emmanuel. In Matthew 1, 22, uh, we read this first. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, um, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, this, this, this is really interesting, all right? And I, I want you to remember it when you go out of here today, when you come back this evening with your friends and family for our carol service and all the rest of it. But Matthew, when he's writing this, he chooses to quote a guy called Isaiah, who's a prophet from the Old Testament. And it'd be really good to look at what Isaiah was talking about, because this just wasn't a word that appeared at that moment. They went, oh, listen, uh, Mary's going to conceive, and she's going to have a child, and that child will be called Emmanuel. He was actually, when Matthew was writing this, he was quoting the prophet Isaiah. And when we look, uh, this word Emmanuel is only ever used twice in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 7 and in Isaiah 8. And it's a Hebrew word, and it's transliteration. When it's interpreted through a number of ways, it comes to us as Emmanuel. Now, if you look at why this was so powerful, it will really help you, right? So when Isaiah was speaking this word and this prophecy about the one that would come, Jesus, who we celebrate at Christmas, uh, it was in the reign of a king called Ahaz. Now listen to this. Ahaz was in his 20s and he was totally godless. I mean, he, 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 was to, he didn't care for God at all. And he was the, the, the leader of the, of the people of Israel. He was 20-something years old and he's in the middle of a crisis, He's, a, he's really up against it. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're up against it. This is what Emmanuel means to you in this time. Because Ahaz doesn't know God. That's going to be an important point for later on, right? He doesn't know God, and he is absolutely facing it on all sides. Because what, what was happening, like, so he, he's the leader of the country now, but he's threatened in two ways. Internally, things aren't going well for him. He's godless. And the whole country has basically gone. You know the way people say today, oh, look at the NHS, look at this, that whole country's gone to pot, right? 
Undoubtedly, we have challenges, for sure, but they ain't like what this boy was facing, all right? You know, all the whole thing's gone, oh, I wish it was back, back to 1952. Those were the days, you know what I mean? The good old days and all that. I, I happen to think that's nonsense, but there you go. I think every time has its challenges. But there, there was something internally going on here because the, the, there was this kind of spiritual rot that had corrupted like God's people. So there's this internal thing, which in people, they're, they're pretty godly. You can want to read about what they were up to. It's pretty horrific, right? And on the outside, there were multiple people just about to attack him. So you have like these two kingdoms, the north and the south, that I talked about last time. And what happened was they, they were facing extermination because uh, the king of Syria up in the north was in collusion with his other king in the northern kingdom. And what happens is that they're, they're about to form an alliance which is going to completely destroy Israel. And there's Ahaz having to lead in the middle of it. But Ahaz is a million miles away from where he knows he should be. And what happens is God brings the prophet Isaiah to speak into that. Because it's this desperate hour. Look, if you, if you feel like your life is tight right now, or if you feel like you are in a bit of a desperate hour, then listen to me. Because Emmanuel is not just for a Christmas card. It's a word of truth for where you are. Because what happens is Isaiah is sent by God in this really desperate hour to kind of put, put Ahaz's mind at rest and remind him of the unbreakable promises that God had spoken over him. Not because he was good, remember, because he's a godless king who's leading a godless country. But because God had promised it, he steps into Ahaz's world and he goes, you know what, this is not about you. This is about my goodness and my promise that I made to you. And Ahaz, you might be getting it from the inside out and from the outside in and every other way, but I am going to send you this guy, Isaiah. He's going to step into your world and remind you that no matter what is going on, I am good to my word. And so he, he kind of wants to stir Ahaz back to faith. And you see, this is what the Lord does. He goes out of his way to stir Ahaz's faith with this really bold, with, with a bold assurances and amazing sign, right? And he says this, Ahaz, just ask me for something. What do, what do you need? This is what God says to Ahaz, who's completely godless. What do you need from me? Name any sign you want and I'll do it so that I can show you that I am with you. And do you know what Ahaz does? Many people do this today as well. Nah, you're all right. Nah, you're all right. I don't need a sign. And the Lord goes, honestly, Ahaz, ask me for anything. Ask me for whatever you want. I, I, I want to show you. I actually want to show you. Now, trust me is what he said, right? If you don't trust me, you're going to see everything unravel. That's what he says in Isaiah 7, 9. Like, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you're not going to stand at all. Now, what you would think, right, if, if, if somebody's life is going completely sideways and completely going all over the place and God steps in and goes, Ahaz, you're a bit of a basket case, quite frankly, and you're not doing what I want you to do, but I'm good even though you're not good. So just ask me for something and I want to show you how good I am. You think many of us, I don't know about you, I'd probably go, flip me, all right. Well, why don't you do this for me, Lord? Anyone? Who in the right mind will go, nah. He, he kind of feigns piety. Ahaz and goes, oh, I couldn't test you, Lord. I couldn't do that. And God goes, seriously? Like, I can imagine the Lord going, what? Like, what is wrong with you, you numpty? You're just, a, anyway, do you, can you imagine up in heaven just having a conversation? Like, except we've got a live one here. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is this man thinking? I'm here to help him, right? And like, Ahaz had been actually raised to cherish God and love God and would flee, you know, to flee to God. But 
And God's wanting to assure him anyway that, the, that he's not going to get overrun. And so even though he asks, God says to him, ask me for any miracle and I will perform it, right? He doesn't. And what he does instead is even worse. He, he kind of shoves God to the side. He trades the presence and the power of God for an alliance with the pagan nation of Assyria, all right? And then it's all going to go completely peak tall. It's all going to go sideways. You know, for, for many of us, I know that there are people in this room who have said many times to God, God, I need you to do something for me. In my life right now, it feels like it's all going sideways. And sometimes we turn to the Lord and sometimes we don't. Can I just say this? Either way, he still wants to show you his love and his promise to you. Because his love for you is not about all the time you turning and doing the right thing. It's about him always being committed to you, no matter where you are and no matter what you're doing. He loves you with a love that is unbreakable. And it's not about your goodness, it's about his goodness. You know, religion will tell you that you need to have everything in a row. You've got to have everything set up the right way to even consider the fact that God might love you or you have a hope for your future. And the Lord goes, no, no, no. Let's look at Ahaz. Emmanuel is going to be God's answer for a godless king who doesn't even want to know God when his back's against the wall, right? But look what the Lord does. It's really interesting. So the Lord says to Ahaz this in Isaiah 7, 14. So he goes, right, Ahaz, I've asked you for a sign and you don't want it. So let me take the initiative, right? This is where all this comes from. Emmanuel, from two verses in, in, in Isaiah 7. So let me take the initiative. And what he does is he says this in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. It's almost like, listen, see if you're not paying attention. Let me show you how much I care for you. And here's the sign. A virgin will conceive, right, and bear a son. And you'll call his name Emmanuel. So here's what the Lord says, right? I, I don't even think Ahaz, if he had had a moment, he could have probably, like, when see when the Lord says, think of whatever you want, I don't think he would have thought, virgin conceiving and bearing a son to save the world. That probably wasn't on the grid. Like you and I will probably go like a new toaster or my car needs fixed or a couple more pound in the bank or I wish my gammy leg was better. You know, that's the kind of thing. Lord, show me a sign. None of us would probably think virgin conceiving, giving birth to the savior of the world probably wouldn't be in our thinking, right? And it probably wasn't in Ahaz's thinking. What that shows you actually is no matter what you think God can do for you, he'll always do it bigger and better and more. That's, there, that's the truth of that. But let me just show you this bit. Because what happened at that moment when the Lord speaks, a virgin will conceive, he'll give birth to his son, and you will call him Emmanuel is exactly what Matthew writes at the, at the story of Christmas. Because in a moment, they understood it. They understood that like it was 700 years later that from Nazareth, Mary gets engaged to Joseph the angel appears, confirms to Joseph that Mary conceived through the Holy Spirit. And when the child is born, they name him Jesus. And so Matthew understands that in that moment, there's a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And that's why he writes, if I go back to Matthew chapter 1, 22 to 23, all of this took place so that the Lord, that's, as the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to his son. They'll call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Let me just give you a few things to think about. As I, as I finish up, because there's manifold um, meaning for us today. First of all, if you think that you're in trouble today, you've got a promise from the Lord 
that he will protect you, provide for you, look after you, and go before you. This was a promise of protection given at a time of great trouble. Not just Emmanuel, our God. Lovely, right? I, I'm a sucker for the kids stuff. See, when they start to sing, all of them, tears trip me. I'm glad you could. And I'm a messy crier, right? And so, Emmanuel, you know what I mean? I can't help it, right? And if you've got a heart, any of you, you'll be the same, right? But if this was a time of trouble, Ahaz was going down, he was going under, and it wasn't even like he was, he was saying, Lord, help me. I want you to know at Christmas, God with you, Jesus with you, this story, this hope is, is not just something that we remember at this time of year. It's for every single day of the year. And the second thing is Ahaz was no model of virtue. Do you know what? I've already said it. It wasn't like Ahaz got sorted out by God because he was a good guy. He was a terrible guy. But your goodness and Ahaz's goodness never, ever determines God's heart for you. The Bible says he loved you first. He loved you first. That means, ah, but hold on, I, I've done, it doesn't matter, he loved you first. But what about when I did this? Well, do you know, just before you did that, he loved you there. But what about when I did this? Well, he loved you first. From the very moment that you ever drew your breath, and in fact, the Bible says before that, as he, as he was knitting you together in your mother's room, he loved you. He called you, he had a hand on your life and he has a great promise for your future. This is not about your virtue, but about the goodness of God himself. Third thing is quickly this is that God sees and he says, try me. You know, I'll not let you down. This is what he was saying to Ahaz. He wasn't like, you know, like, like go on, Ahaz, like have a rattle at this. It was a heart of compassion to go, Ahaz, you're not on your own. I don't know if you ever feel like you're on your own or you're battling everything that's going on out there by yourself. If you've got the weight of it on your shoulders, the weight of your provision, the weight of your family, the weight of your future, the weight of the next three, four months, the weight of everything that can come around us. You know what, the Lord, what Emmanuel means? You're not on your own. When the Lord saw, here's how it works, right? Because the Lord called you, and that's why you've got breath today. You're created by God. You're not an accident. You're not here by randomness. God has purpose for you. And because he has purpose for you and he saw you from the very beginning, what that means is he's already provided everything that you need. So he says, try me. Oh, you don't put the Lord your God to the test. Actually, there are many times the Lord goes, you can fall right into my grace and my favor and, and you'll prove the goodness of God. You'll prove it. You're not on your own, folks. When we hear about Emmanuel, it's like God is not out there. He is with me. And it's not about my goodness. It's about his goodness. It's not about what I have done. It's about his promise to see his purpose come about in my life. Isn't that amazing? Because, uh, you know, I think Ahaz's response is is in all of us. You know, I don't need you, God. Or perhaps I just find it hard to believe. But what you see in those moments is this, is don't ever doubt it. Jesus always takes the initiative. If you really want to know, then God says he'll show you. If you really want to know what God's love and what, good, what God's goodness is like, you don't need to do anything. You just need to be open for it. And the Lord says, I will show you how much I love you, how much I care for you, how much I'll provide for you. I will go to the deepest part of your life and bring you peace and hope this Christmas that nothing else will ever do. Why? 
because that's how much I love you. The last thing is this. It's a reminder just that we, we've talked about this in church, but this, I am finished. In Genesis 39, 6, it's the story of a guy called Joseph. He, he had a multicolored coat. And um, in Genesis 39, 6, it says that because now, he was a slave at this time, he, he, that there's a verse written about him and it says, because God was with him, he was prosperous. Now, if you're part of the exchange family, we've been talking about that over weeks. It's like, what does it mean to be really prosperous? You know what I mean? And it's kind of like a Dickensian word, isn't it, when you think of prosperous? Like a sort of portly man in a nice coat and thing, handing out, you know, mince pies to the, the orphans. That's sort of prosperous, you know? And uh, that's what goes on in my head anyway. No? Maybe that's, yeah. Maybe I need to get more sleep. That's maybe what it is. But it's not that. In Genesis 39, 6, it says the presence of God, because God was with Joseph. And here's the thing. Joseph was a slave, stripped naked in in, in the marketplace being sold, poked and prodded at to make sure that, you know, it was totally degrading. And it's this verse that goes, but God was with him and so he prospered, right? It's like, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. With God and Jesus in you, you're prosperous. So what's interesting is this. Emmanuel, God with you, Jesus with you, the promise that comes with that is prosperity and hope and whole, wholeness and healing and future that nothing can ever provide other than Jesus. That's the truth of Christmas. Isn't that amazing? So that's what Emmanuel means. That one we word, Jesus with us. Yeah, God with us, right? Just remember that word. Remember that promise, who it was written to, why it was written to go, let me step in to your mess and show you that I'm good. And because I'm good, you'll prosper. Amen? Amen. Amen. Close your eyes. I'm just going to pray for you as uh, that word has come. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you that in this place, Lord, that uh, you are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, that's just not a glib thing that we say at Christmas, but we remember how you stepped in to darkness. You stepped into dysfunction. You stepped into brokenness, Lord. And you did it because you're good and you're loving. You did it, Lord, because you have a deep, deep, deep love and concern for us. And I pray over every home, over every person, over every home, Father, the people who are here and the people who are not, that this time of year, this Christmas, Lord, that they would know the truth of Emmanuel, God with them. We speak peace, Lord, in minds and in hearts. We speak assurance, Lord. We speak healing. Father, we speak a deep sense of confidence for the times to come, Lord. Because no matter what is going on in the world, and actually sometimes, Lord, no matter where we're at, it doesn't change your promise for us. You've promised us, Lord, that you would never leave us and never forsake us. You've promised us, Lord, that you've gone in to the weeks and months to come already. You're already there working out your good purpose for us, Lord. You promised that you would direct our paths, Lord. You promised in the Psalms that no harm would befall us, Lord that it might be loads of things going on in the world around us, but as your sons and your daughters bought and saved in the covenant of your grace, Lord, that no harm would come near us, Lord. And in a time of famine and fear, we would be prospered so that the nations and the people around us would see the goodness of God. So I speak that over you. I speak over every anxiety, over every fear, and I speak the peace of Jesus. Emmanuel, God is with you. God is with you. Jesus, we thank you for coming into this world. 
Thank you, Jesus, as we celebrated this morning that you've loved us, held us, Lord, that you have provided for us, Lord, and you have set our feet on a firm place to stand. And we thank you for that, Lord. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for you. Father, we receive this word this morning into our hearts that you are with us because you're good all the time. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.